potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. Look, I'm going to uh, shirt front, Mr. Trump. And it's good to be back. Welcome back to the Brass Monkey podcast with my mate Mark Reed. We're back, we're in action, and we're ready to roll with some incredible topics for today. Mr. Mark Reed, in a week that has seen the new album from Kanye West be released, Jesus is King, it got me thinking, mate, what are your recollections of the evening we met the great man? Let's start from the start. Oh, Sozwa, he's throwing the court curveball from the start. Yeah, I know um, you love him. Great to have you back on Aussie soil, mate. Um, look, the recollections are a bit vague because back in uh, when it was, we were slightly inebriate, uh, inebriated. Can hardly say that. You are right now. Yes, that's by the sound of things. And uh, he just dropped the graduation album, I think. Am I correct? Yes, uh, it was the graduation tour I believe he is on at the time in um, in Brizzy. We saw him live that night. Yep, uh, supporting, uh, they were De La Soul supporting, I'm pretty sure. And then on that tour, he had a heap of, like he might have even had Common and all those sort of um, Common people. definitely came out, yep. Mm, so it was a great show, amazing, amazing gig. And we just somehow lurked our way to the after party. We Ka- did. And Kanye was just in his absolute peak of he was sort of just a cool dude at that stage he was still a like a backpack wearing just low-key genius at that stage and let's set the scene for the listeners here we we've sort of the how we did it is a little bit vague but yes we did work our way onto the list for the after party (laughs) with Kanye West that night and it was actually it was at that tiny club, I don't know if you remember, with a yeah. tiny stage. There could have only been maybe 200 people in there. At the most. Yeah, um, and and if you recall, um, sort of everyone was partying and hyped up because it was actually what it turned out to be one of the all-time hip-hop shows in Australian history, I'm pretty sure. I read that somewhere. Definitely. So everyone was hyped. Kanye's on stage. He's he's given it the, the one-twos. I don't know what that means, but he's... He's hyped, he's on stage, and we are literally maybe maybe three metres from him at this stage in, in what, thinking back, was a club that wasn't that packed. Do you remember what happened next? Well, this is the amazing thing. Kanye, with backpack on, um, quite small in stature, comes up to Sozwa and myself and just daps us up. Yeah, man, he must... He just shook all our hands. Yeah, and I mean, we're gonna we're gonna obviously get to Kanye's recent release, but his rhymes back then, his style was just such a crossover of, um, it was just a, such a crossover of music. He was taking samples from everywhere. He was he brought rap back for me. Like I'd sort of taken a hiatus from rap, and he really reinvigorated my love for rap again. Um, and I really dreamed of him staying, you know, like you do with a lot of artists, staying on that sort of really solid path. Yep, absolutely. I mean, those that trilogy of albums, the school trilogy, that's still, you know, some of the best hip-hop albums, in my opinion, um, ever. Definitely. And we, I didn't um, wash my hand for about six weeks after that. Me neither, and it's weird <laughs> you say that because I can still remember... 
I can remember specifically the feeling of the touch of his hand. Soft? That's, it wasn't actually. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was a little bit more coarse than I had anticipated. But man, he's twiddling those knobs. He's bloody... He's got some calluses on there, I think. He does. And I remember his DJ at the time was A-Track, who was uh, yeah. obviously one of the most, yeah, just incredible. Of, of, of Fool's Gold fame, that Yeah, label. yeah. And um, just incredible DJ. And um, yeah, it was incredible. It was just an amazing night and one of the best gigs I've sort of been to. And how we've ended up now, so many years later, with him dropping. Well, you look back then, he was uh, singing, you know, gospel was part of his music and Jesus and obviously with Jesus it's, Walks. He's, yeah. He's one of his biggest hits and greatest, one of the greatest rap songs of all time. Um, but, geez, well, we, we've come to a really interesting intersection in his career, haven't we? Big time in his career, in his life. Um yeah, so let's let's talk about the new album. You've obviously had a listen. Um, I've had a had a bit of. I've had a listen. I listened to the whole thing. Haven't done that for a while of a Kanye West album. But what's your um, initial thoughts, mate? Well, we'll start off by saying it's easy for anyone to listen to this whole album because it's twenty seven minutes. Um, yeah, it was over in a flash. It was over in a flash. Uh, I think an album like that, when you're bringing in a gospel sound and a, trying to do something magnificent, it really needs to be longer, in my opinion. I know that might sound a bit strange, but I put it on a few times just while I was doing work and it really, I was hoping for a bit more. My first, yeah, yeah my first impressions were like lyrically, uh, lyrically it's just not there and the album sort of washed past me a bit and I didn't really get you know I didn't stop and go wow this one track's just blowing my mind like I have maybe with like a new J. Cole song or you know a new rap song that's come out or Brockhampton or something like that you know I, I it hasn't grabbed me no track really stood out and grabbed me on the first listen how about you? I think that's yeah pretty much that's spot on for my experience of listening to it as well there were like there were little glimmers of moments that then just passed you by and didn't return to um but yeah all in all it sort of washed past me as well nothing that i've sort of after the listen that i wanted to go back to listen to Mm. so it's interesting he's obviously trying something different i mean there's a there's a lot we could sort of unpack in this situation with everything that's going on in his life right now with his church services and whatnot and what it all means. Which I reckon um, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into, but... We should, yeah. Musically, let's like... How about we just stick with it as a musical piece of work? How did right. you feel about the album from just a musical standpoint? Was there any tracks that you like thought, oh, that's a banging track or that really grabs me? Or was it really just for you a bit vanilla and just sort of bland? It was of the vanilla variety. I'd probably have to give it another a listen just to give it a fair crack. But... um. I remember, I think, Close on Sunday, there was some decent parts in that, mm-hmm. which is one of the tracks. But other than that, literally nothing stuck out to me. I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed listening to gospel music, as I'm sure a lot of us do. But there's some incredible gospel artists out there already and huge gospel bands that do this shit 
like nobody else. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a few of those involved, actually. But which so I'm sort guessing of to, are not yeah. not a lot of people realize that when they listen to this, because for me it was super. It was a really good morning album to put on. I've been putting it on in the morning just when I start my day, and. Yeah. Um, I have certain albums that I usually put on first thing in the morning and this is a really good morning album I found. Um, okay. But I never really listened to much gospel music so I can't really compare it to... Um, I can't compare it to much uh, in that space but I do enjoy I do enjoy that sort of music. I really, really love it. For me... For sure. And I can see that in the morning, yeah, that kind of gospel sound. That's a great morning sound for sure. It is, and the first listen, like you said, it didn't have me, have me, but um, as the listen, as like I kept on listening to it, I really started to enjoy the album actually. But my biggest issue was there's not enough. I wanted more of it. I really wanted deeper, longer songs, uh, and traditionally, are gospel songs short? Sorry. Um, I don't know. No. Okay. No. Well, I just can't work out why this album is so short. I've got a theory. Okay. And it's it's one of two things going on. Like, because of the fleeting nature of the album, it's one of two things. It's either just introducing different ideas, like just small ideas in one sort of continuous art, piece of art, or he's like tuning into the attention spans of his target demographic and knowing that they probably can't listen to a song that's past two and a half minutes and thus not many songs on the album go past two and a half minutes. Okay, you know? I, th- I think you could be spot on there. That's a, that sounds like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so he's, he might have done another little stroke of genius that might take us a little while to see. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure, but... As far as like good rap bangers, um, bangers. Um, I really liked the song Sela. Good, th- good, good lit rap bangers. Good lit rap bangers, which we love on yeah. the Brass Monkey Pod. I like the song Sela, S E L A H. I like the song Everything We Need. And you can't, I mean, even though it has Kenny G on it, which I just find strange, um, use this gospel with the return of the clips. Um, obviously, Pusha T and his brother, um, right, coming back. So this could be this could be an exciting thing because um, obviously, clips haven't dropped anything for a very long time unless it's sort of um, been done without my knowledge, and that's highly possible. But uh, that would be really exciting to see Pusha T and his um, the duo of clips just dropping some new beats, but. That was really it. And I love the littering of the gospel stuff in between all that. It just, as I said, I just really wanted more. It it reminded me like sort of a punk album gets you like really short, but the message really punches into you. This is, you can't compare it to a punk album. It's, it's hard. I just, I struggled with the, the length of it, which sounds really weird. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And um, I think that speaks to the feeling of it having passed us by a little bit. So it could be the length, the, you know, just the, the whole approach is a little bit different to what we might be used to, I guess. So. Yeah. So Soz, a guy who drops an album, Jesus is King, obviously has some interesting thoughts towards religion and whatever else. As for the message... 
music aside and the message and putting out an album like this, what do you think the motive or the, the desire for Kanye sort of was with this album? I can only think that it's either a highly calculated first manoeuvre in a presidential bid coming up or that is his sort of God complex thing that he's got going on has overflowed his cup. And um, I get some mad cult vibes with what's going on right now in his, in his, you know, in his world at the moment. Um, you would have seen a fair, you would have seen so uh, footage of the church services and Heaps what's going it. on there. Heaps of it. All yeah. sort of people just dressed in white, um, coming together and singing and making great music. You could say on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Which sounds horrible, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and this is the thing. They're always. I don't know. I'm just getting cold vibes, basically. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Nothing. I don't know. I don't know. And I loved your um. I love that point about the push for presidency. That's that's left it could a field, be, but it could be, mate. Because I I really struggle with. I really struggle with a lot of this and, and the cult thing I'll sort of touch on that you've mentioned. When you've got a bunch of rich people sitting around and talking about how we need to change the world while they drive off in their Bentleys back to their million dollar mansions in in um in Beverly Hills or whatever else. I struggle to see that you're getting the true message of what Jesus probably would have wanted. And I'm not I'm not an expert on the pre- teachings of Jesus or whatever else, but all these rich people in the world, I'm pretty sure they don't want you running a $3 billion sweatshop shoe company selling shitty, redundant Adidas products that break down and are too expensive for your demographic and people kill over trying to buy them. Um, I don't yeah. think they, you know, want you having a $50 million mansion when you could be homing all these people. I just get have an issue with people releasing albums like Jesus is King um, when they're using it to justify everything that they've done in the past and that gives them just this free pass to repent. I'm all for forgiveness and I'm all for all that sort of shit. But I don't think just saying I'm following Jesus gives you the right, gives you the right to think that you've got on a moral, uh, moral high ground. I mean, the guy released his last single, one of his last singles with Little Pump on Pornhub. I mean, <laughs> let's fucking be honest, okay? Let's maybe take that down. Let's maybe say I disagree with what I did there and I'm not happy with how I've, you know, maybe pushed the pornography industry rather than you're just saying Jesus is king and you're just preaching this Jesus word, yet you're not following through with any actions. And that drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, well put, dude. Um, on that note, I feel like that that is the MO of... of hmm, how should I put this? That's basically the MO of Christianity, I feel. Um, yeah, it's all talk, no walk. Um, I feel like there's a real televangelist vibe to what he's yes. doing. Um, and the only difference between him and those crooks is instead of them just asking for donations to buy their miracles or whatever, he's putting some shitty jumper in between the donation. 
Do you know what I mean? Yes. So they're paying $500 for these shitty jumpers. That's a donation. But no, no, no. You get something. He's an artist. This is art. You have the decision to buy his art and all that. Yes. So that, that doesn't sit very well with me at all. Not to mention the um, fire Festival style breakfasts I saw the other day um, <laughs> charging... I think it's 55 USD, which is about 80 Australian dollars for some dry pancakes, a sliver of bacon and a bit of bread. Yeah, I don't know if listeners can look that up. It's just horrible. But yeah, it's just that vibe of, yeah, 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 God, God, Jesus, Jesus, give me money, give me money, give me money. That's all I hear. I couldn't agree with you. And it seems like it could be a cash grab for sure, this whole Jesus turn. He's been throwing sort of um, paint at the wall lately with a lot of his albums to see if um, he can profit off other people's uh, other people's marketing directions. I'm not saying that his album, his short EP that he released about um, his unfortunate uh, dealings with bipolar and mental health, uh, was a cash grab, but every album I feel like has had a different tone angle. Angle, yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked that he sees this Jesus angle. And I can't trust someone who is literally just trying to money grab at things, exactly like charging the money for that food uh, that was ridiculous, the 50 bucks and all that. Um, the, 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 the excess and the wealth. There is nothing to me that says religion or faith or belief when you're stuffing your lifestyle with wealth, with excess wealth like he is and Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians are and what they promote, which is that greed and wealth. So, Which is directly in um, opposition to Christianity or the fundamentals of Christianity. So it's... You can't reconcile. to serve each other, not be worshipped. Uh, I thought that was a big part of um, Christianity. Whereas his goal in this, for me, is not serving the, 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 you know, common man and serving each other. It's to be worshipped. It's to be like a fucking yeah. God. To stand yeah. up above people with all of your money and all of your um, wealth and not help others and not actually give back to the community. So the, we're conflicted to say the least once again. And, you know, there's a massive ego trip going on still with Kanye. He's recently did a, a pretty interesting interview with big boy where, um, he questions his relationship with Trump and all of this sort of stuff. And, yeah, it's uh, we're fine with Trump and people that you know love Trump, and that's that's all good. But just Kanye's method for just, why he I just does would it. like to jump in there. We're not exactly fine about that. I'm not. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not fine. But you like who you want to like. But what I'm saying is nah, and I'm not speaking on your behalf, obviously. Um, yeah. But what I'm saying is is uh, you know the justification for why he's doing it and why he was supporting Trump during the interview basically was to say that everyone told him to not support Trump, so he chose to support Trump in the end. So That's easier to say about doing anything bad. Like, everyone was telling me, don't kill this person. So I just thought, no, I'm going to be free. I'm going to kill them. Mm. It's Mm. not... It's flawed logic. It is flawed logic, and it's 
completely messed up and it's strange it's a strange setup how do you think this album's going to be um like how do you think it's going to be received overall like is anyone going to listen to this thing this is what'll happen and this is what has happened for the last however many kanye albums pretty much since 808 is there will be even just before 808 it's almost the section of the fan base there's always a section that no matter what he does comes out staunchly supporting it and like saying to the people that don't like it, oh, you don't get it. Oh, Kanye is too much of an artist. You don't get it. You'll get it in a few years. There's a la, lot la, of la. that. There's so much of that. And it, um, you know, it's sort of, they do that for what have been, in my opinion, pretty ratchet albums. So there'll be that section that comes out and then they'll pipe down after about, six months when they realise, oh, no, nah, it's pretty shitty, actually. But, yeah, they'll come <laughs> out with, with their pitchforks and guns blazing. The rest of us will take it with a pinch of salt as true Kanye West fans or, you know, I guess of his old stuff. But um, we'll listen to it and probably not listen to it again. Exactly, and this is nothing more to me than an evangelical, like you said, evangelical um, cash grab version of a gospel album with some rap thrown in there. Yeah, in my opinion. and again, yeah, and again, he does he tries to do the crossover thing, like, and then in his fans' eyes, he gets all the applause introduced them to. So whether it's you know, for instance, this this stuff, this gospel stuff, there'll be so many of his target demographic that would have never listened to gospel music. So by him bringing that into his mix, they now attribute him as being, they attribute the awesomeness of gospel to him. Do you know what I mean? He's sort of riding the coattails of gospel. He is without really paying any homage or giving anything back once again. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that is what it is. It sort of brings me to a really weird thing, and this is completely off topic, but I feel like um, I should mention it. Did you ever? Did you listen to Dominic Fife's like a ver- uh, Fike's like a version the other day? I did not. It was incredible. Was- if anyone wants to listen to an incredible like a version, you need to listen to Dominic Fife. If you don't li- Fike, if you don't listen to him, he's great. I think he's great. Anyway, I've always thought he sounds a lot like Weezer and he had a Weezer shirt on and I thought, oh, that's really interesting that he pays homage and sort of uh, ties back to his sort of roots of what he's obviously listened to or likes. But I think yeah. Kanye West is basically thinks that he's a trailblazer who just creates everything himself and is the leader of every single thing he puts out. When he's not, he just seems to be right now just stealing stealing trends sort of like the he dropped the mental health album which i'm all for you know, have the rap album after j cole dropped an incredible one after lots of people were dropping great rap albums with that same subject matter and yep. i feel like he is clutching at finding a topic that he can he can just that is his own or and get people to relate to no one can relate to kanye west anymore Nah, like, nah, it's very true. Like, he's got no backpack or anything else like that. Like, he's just some guy who's on TV all the time with shitloads of money who fucking doesn't care about anyone. Probably doesn't care about it. Does care about people, but, you know, isn't giving back to the community like someone within his position that should be. 
in my Should opinion. Should be, yep. No, well put. Well said. Kanye, we're watching. Once again, geez, we've called bullshit on Kanye too much in the podcast if you go back to previous episodes. <laughs> uh, so we won't it be doing that again. He the wrath a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, unfortunately. I guess he's putting himself out there, which is a positive. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, all good. Anyway, we'll... um. We'll, get, we'll circle back around to Kanye in a few podcasts probably. Start ripping on him again. Stay tuned. We will. Um, mate, there's a few worrying things and you know we, we aren't immune to the odd worry here and there. Um, mate, shit's kicking off in a few places. We've got obviously Hong Kong, which we'll circle back around to again. Um, Chile, Lebanon... A lot of uh, people not happy with the way their countries are being run and by the people who are running them. A little closer to home, we've had a few quite heated protests um, recently regarding climate change and mining companies and, and whatnot. In, I guess the bulk of the protests have been happening in Queensland, Sydney and Melbourne. I just wanted to... let's. It's been pissing me off, mate. It's been pissing me off a lot. I want to throw to a clip here that will sort of give us an idea, an overview on how the government is currently thinking of what's going on. Let's do it. Environmental activists could be targeted by laws designed to curb union power, outlawing any threat to a company's suppliers and customers. The radical step was flagged by the Prime Minister today, saying secondary boycotts are a direct threat to Australia's resource-based economy. Violence on Melbourne's streets as environmental activists battle to shut down a mining conference. The protesters didn't stop the miners, but they have achieved one miraculous result, uniting the major parties against them. This is not about free speech. It's not about the ability to protest. These people are completely against our way of life. If you are breaking the law, if you're acting the way some of those protesters were, then you will feel the full force of the law. The Prime Minister sees an even bigger threat than disruption on city streets. There is no place for economic sabotage dressed up as activism. Pointing to the tactic of trying to shut down the supply lines of coal mining. Environmental groups are targeting businesses and firms who provide goods or services to firms they don't like. He's proposing a radical solution, extending decades-old secondary boycott laws to environmental groups, laws originally designed to stop unions from widening disputes from a single employer to all its suppliers and customers. That can successfully outlaw these indulgent and selfish practices that threaten the livelihoods of fellow Australians. Scott Morrison believes that activists will inevitably extend their targets from coal to all mining and agriculture. But he also knows that it will be devilishly difficult to draft and pass laws that limit people's rights. Instead of getting tough on the climate crisis, Scott Morrison is dismantling democracy. Taking the battle from the streets to Parliament. Chris Yulman, Nine News. All right, and there we have it. A couple of dead set balans that are running our country. Um, there's a lot that stood out to me in that clip, mate. Um, there's a lot that got me pretty riled up, to be honest. The the most concerning thing I heard during that that di- that clip of filled with concerning things was Pete Peter Dutton's reference to they're completely against our way of life, referring to the protesters in this instance. Now I'd just like to perhaps 
wax lyrical with you on what he might mean in that by saying they're completely against our way of life. Because this is, this is classic right-wing conservative um, framing of something like this. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, as soon as there's disruption against the norm they start saying that the norm is our way of life when actually these protests are in reference to wanting to change this, this fucking current system they've got on lockdown. So completely against our way of life. What do you think he might mean by that? I don't know because what is our way of life? Because it's definitely not... My way of life is not the same as his. I guess he's referring to the our being the right-wing potential side of Australia, the side who... And the 1%. And perhaps, the 1% yeah. and the percent, which is a large percent because people have been talking to me in the streets um, about all of these protests. And a lot of times I'm hearing, oh, these people should be at home composting themselves, you know, doing compost themselves or... I shouldn't oh, be out protesting and all up, of this sort of stuff. But it's a great, it's a really great, uh, this whole thing is a really great sort of um, example of misdirection by the government because this yeah. whole um, climate change protesting and all this, if you, whatever side of the fence you sit on, I, I do not care. Um, but our right to protest in Australia is currently under attack and unlike america who has protesting rights written into their constitution where they are legally allowed to protest properly in um in the u.s australia don't have it that clearly and our rights to protest in australia are fucking on a knife's edge and i really am concerned by this and i'm really happy to talk about it with you today that's for sure yeah mate um well said yeah, I definitely think his way of life is is definitely the the one percent and the the, the right leaning um, of the nation. Um, yeah, it's just what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the the way they try to this argument that comes up all the time, like it's like the most dunce argument. How they say, oh, well, look at them with their iPhones. What's in that iPhone? There's copper in there. There's this, there's that. They couldn't have the iPhone without mining. I just think that's that clouds the argument, um, for one. It's just a dumb cunt's fucking explanation of what's going on. (laughs) But unfortunately, it's enough to cloud the argument for a lot of people. Because I see even people I know, just like, for instance, the whole rising up of angry white men against Greta Thunberg, that mm. the young girl. Yes, um, yeah, from yeah. And the arguments against her are just so out of line and so out of whack with reality and logic that it scares the shit out of me. It does scare the um, shit out of me. I don't think you should be criticising children slash teenagers for their point of views in the way that they have been that's for sure and of the way Greta has been I think it's just disgusting and horrible there's a lot of podcasts a lot of probably ones you listen to as well mate where you've just heard things that I've I've just turned off I've just thought look you're not an adult or you're not a mature person if you feel like bringing down a young person like that is um is right Oh, I, and there's a yeah, definitely. There's a just there's a part of that logic that really I can't get past. And the logic is 
the generation that is having a go at Greta and the likes of her are the generation that taught her. So the onus is on you, you dumb cunts. Do you know what I mean? It is, it is. But I also do believe that we need to take more ownership over uh, how we are operating in our own lives. And if, if 100%. we wait for the government and big business to take responsibility for this, it's all going to fall apart. And in the end, my opinion is, is the power is with us as individuals. Yes, we've been bred to use fuel and use technology. But if we... Right, you know, ride our bike. I know this sounds very fucking whatever, but if we ride our bike, if we stop buying big chain food, if we buy local, all that basic shit, um, it will reduce climate change dramatically. And those those companies, those companies will stop. But to conflate that with, oh, she's got an iPhone. Or, oh, I know. It's you know, just it's an easy it's dumb. Absurd. It's like absurd. And, and you can't do that because there's there's like a balance of good versus evil in any situation. So, like, say there's a climate scientist that has, you know, proven that global warming is happening and has figured out a model to do mm. it. Yes, he had to use electricity. Yes, he had to use a computer. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't matter. He's done more good than that. We just have to outweigh the the good over the bad and, like, I do. Make those proportions. I 100% get that and I 100% appreciate that. The problem, in my opinion, is we are living in a society of the likes of Chris Hemsworth, who I posted a thing on our Brass Monkey Insta of building a a house the size of a hotel while people are calling him eco warriors for putting up solar panels on his house. No, I totally get this. I get this. It's it's, fucking backwards. Leonardo DiCaprio flying around the world on a private jet looking at climate change shit. We we that's where what gives the idiots to say, oh, they've got a a a mobile phone. That's what gives them legs because we've got this culture of these celebrities and these people in our society who don't fucking walk the walk. But we could also, it's because they're up in our grill that we know about this. We probably don't know about the hundreds and thousands of scientists doing great work that have to take a plane because they're not using it for their own publicity. Of course. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you on that. And, and, And my bigger issue with all of this is everyone should have the right to go to the streets and protest for whatever they want. If a group of people believe in something, they should be able to get together and, and protest for it. Well, on that note, and um, actually further to that, uh, getting back to that clip we listened to, yes. what you're actually saying, um, our ability as consumers to fight against this by the way we consume and, and by how we choose to consume, that in itself is now under threat from Scott Morrison and Peter Dutton, given that they want to introduce some kind of legislation that would prevent secondary, what is it? Um. For instance, like Bank Australia, I'm, I hate banks in general, but what their recent campaign um, based on the fact that they give no money to mining, no money to all these sort of socially bad endeavours. Mm. Um, and they've had a great turn, uh, you know, great popularity based on the back of that. What the government is looking to do is outlaw that so saying no a bank can't 
not support a mining. Yeah, mm. secondary discrimination, I think it's wow. called. So they're, they're trying to make laws whereby the consumer... Okay, what this is a... <laughs> to frame it like this. So the people speak. They say, right, we don't like mining. We don't like coal. We don't like this. We don't like that. So we're not going to put... We don't want our banks or our insurance companies that we use for ourselves to be associated with that. Mm. That's the whole power of the consumer, right? Mm. So the the company hears that and they're like, okay, we're not going to deal with mining and X. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the consumer speaking. That's the consumer power. What the government is trying to do is outlaw that, (laughs) outlaw the ability of a company to choose who it um, deals with based on what its customers want. Think about that. That's outrageous. That, that is uh, that is purely undermining the will of the people. It is purely. I'm just wondering whether that Bank of Australia really just is doing this as a marketing ploy, which it probably is. 100%. Yeah. But it's it's based in social goodness, which hat, hat off. To, I mean, if you can take a hat off to a bank. Yeah, exactly, man. I actually didn't get to that part of it. And that's... I actually think I didn't know that someone was actually doing it and operating like that. I think that's fantastic because a lot of time in business, you would know yourself running your own business. You know, you get people and you get businesses that, you know, might be ethically not exactly what you support as a business. Yeah. And how how else are you meant to combat this in society other than with where you spend your dollars? Mm. Mm. Like we're not allowed to do anything. They're literally saying, trying to say we can't protest. So it's just getting pretty fashy. It is. It is getting fashy, (laughs) mate. It's totally fashy. And you know what? We need to, we need to go back in my opinion to, to a time where we, we felt free to go to the streets and, and protest more. Brass Monkey's going to get on the ground way more. Um, yep. we're going to make sure we, we, we get amongst some protests. doesn't mean that we're always supporting what these people are saying, but we want to get on the ground while we've discussed this. I think it's so important for us to push that narrative and get amongst this while we still can, because governments like, the, um, Scott Morrison and the Labor Party would be doing the exact same shit. Um, they're going to try to take this away from it, but it's important in Australia um, to understand sort of your rights because as a protester, police can ask to search people. They can ask to go, if you're protesting, they can randomly ask to search you. Um, they can remo- ask you to re- uh, remove any item um, covering your face. So if you get your face covered up and they can ask you to move on at any time. So our protesting laws are an extremely archaic. Um mm-hmm. We don't have many rights as it is, but you can go to www.activistrights.org.au to read what your rights are as a protester and have a think about maybe being more vocal than just putting an Instagram post or sharing an article uh, because I think getting to the streets clearly does something because you look at how many feathers are ruffled from what these um, climate activists are doing and... Uh, they're really making noise. So whatever, you know, yep. in my opinion, it's it's really important that we all start talking about this. This is a big issue. Um, yeah. Big time. And I think that combined with um, being 
more socially conscious with where you're spending your money and yeah. where you know what institutions you use, where they're aligned. You know that two one two punch. Uh, that's gonna that'll get us going on the right the right track. It t- um, totally, mate. Like, yeah, stop spending your money at the big. Like, spend your money locally. Do little things like that, and yeah, yeah, it's huge. yeah. No, it's honestly. Um, I'd also like to just point out sort of how all this is being framed in the media at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just keep in mind, this is people trying to save the world, literally based on science. Um, so there have been, uh, la- I just read some of the Channel 9 headlines yesterday and it's things like disrupting society, climate rebels, all these sort of negative terms to describe the... Um, the protesters and I just from what I could understand the only thing that they go there with um, the intention of not having any violence but it's the actions of the police that instigates any kind of violence in my opinion Ah, I was thinking about that I'll see. Uh, there's footage of the way they're treating some of the protesters and the, the you cannot not react as a human being when you're getting treated like that so they are the violent instigators have you seen the two officers that have been investigated for um, creating memes what? EAD hippie eat a dick hippie <laughs> oh, yeah he had stuff. he had that as a sticker over his body yeah, cam over did you know that cam. and um so that's yeah but when you've got a government inciting hate against these people and giving the police um force our national police force the right of way to fucking say yeah no these are the bad people we're the good people off you go you've got to support our government stance um yeah, I'm in two minds with the police at the moment with that. What do you mean two minds? I think they're following the government message, which is their job. If the government came yeah, out and yeah, said, yeah. no, we, we let, let our people... But so, people do by that logic, so were Nazi soldiers, you know? <laughs> Shit. Not at the end. I'm sorry, yeah. but you can't, don't get... To, you know, at some point, you, you're a human being. Yeah, you are. I, I do understand that. And it's played out like that through history for as long as we, you know, as long as we've been around. But look, at the end of the day, those police have a a decision. Do they want to support these archaic, um, you know, push from the government to fuck us? Or do they want to get on the side of the people? And and what, just revolt? Jeez, I don't know. Just don't, perhaps don't um, hit innocent females in the head with batons yeah. who aren't doing anything things of this uh, excessive nature excessive police force is no fucking excuse ever for it but I think it would help if our government actually took a stand from the top and said hey the people want to protest let's let them they disagree with these uh, issues this is part yeah and this is part I just wanted to this is part of the bigger thing that's going on in the world and that's a, a global push from the people in power to limit this whole thing the power of the people to um be disruptive and to disagree with what's going on this is just a concerted effort across the globe right now i reckon couldn't agree more mate 
And they're going to turn these protesters into basically to start heavier laws and more control laws. That's what yep. I'm concerned about. These protests are just going to, something's going to tip over. Oh, look at what happened in the violence from this protest. Well, now you're not allowed to speak or um, do anything, you know, uh, that's against what the government says. And it's just getting more and more stringent. Oh, yeah, it's fucked. It's yeah. even doing this podcast. Um, you know, there's there's repercussions for saying things against the popular opinion, and it's really hard. Yeah, but you know, we got to stick with what we believe in and what science is telling us. And um, mm. yeah, there was a um, who who was it? There was a great. Also, ScoMo's labelling the protesters as, as anarchists. It's like, and Dutton's right. saying, yeah, pro, protest, but as long as there's no disruption. The literal, I, I don't know what the definition of protesting is, but disruption is a huge part of it. If there was no disruption in a protest, you'd just be like, okay, protest, that's fine. Nothing actually happens. Yeah, oh, Something has yeah. to be disrupted in order for it to be a protest. Exactly. But um, there's a great uh, quote by who was it by I'm not sure who said it but it's I think it was from one of the uh, human rights law centre workers and she just put it like this to paint this broad community concern as being about fringe dwelling extremists is is an insult to all Australians who want a better future for themselves and their children and that for me really summed it up as far as this is a broad community concern reflected in polls, reflected across, for many, you know, it's just, we know that this to be a community concern and for the government and the people in power, yeah, to, to paint it uh, like it's these ex- only extremists that are doing it exactly. is just an injustice to the future generation. I mean, they've got a positive, they're going for a positive outcome. That's the whole thing. Like the the idea of it is, it's not to seg- separate people or segregate certain minorities or something. Like it's not an evil thing. This is a positive outcome. It's like, look, less pollution. Let's look after yeah. the environment. Okay. Well, like, what, and they're getting what, painted what, what, as why extremists. Are we, why are we bothering with arguing with that? That's like save the puppies. I mean, yes. Yeah, I know. Save the yeah. puppies, please. I love puppies. Of course. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like well it's put. it's it's a positive thing. Like. Um. Yeah. I no, I totally almost agree. letting almost sort of like uh, I wonder whether a white supremacist rally would get this sort of pushback, you know, from the government. Who knows? Probably not. You know. You know, the Cronulla riots um, escalated to the matter to the point that they were because the, no one was really saying anything. But over this point, you think fucking people are complaining and whinging. Oh, businesses are being impacted. Who gives a fuck? You'll be right. Work yeah. remotely for a couple of days, you dickhead. Like, <laughs> That's fucking it, hell. There's bigger things, uh, bigger things afoot here than you've been able to get to your local subway. Much bigger. So, um, I just want to also call it at this point. I'm just, I'm feeling that there's about to be a war on the word progressive. I, I'm just feeling it in the media. It's coming. Interesting. Um, yeah, progressive's been a huge tool for Americans to get behind and I think they're sort of seeing that here and trying to nip it in the bud before it takes root in Australia we can't say anything we can't we are we're more backwards than we think 
Uh, yeah, big we, time. We look at America and we think, oh, they've got all this shit. Mate, we are in trouble in Australia if we don't start actually standing up to these dickheads in power and letting them continue to get voted in. And yeah, Liberal and Labor need to get out. We need to move move really strongly, in my opinion, with something else and start. Yeah, I agree. Like, on the Gold Coast, I don't want to heart back, but we've got a mayor who's just approving every single build, every single development that goes in place. It's ruining the entire coastline and it's just lot, probably potentially lining his pockets for something after he gets out of his um, mayoral job. Like Australian... Oh, mate, of course. Yeah, Australian politics is just in a fucking backward state and... Is that Tom Tate? Yeah. yeah. I just want to call him Google out. Tom Tate. Google him. Yeah, he's a... Fucking hell. And there's no thought into any of it. It's just... We're we're in a bad... We we have a beautiful country in Australia. We have a great healthcare system. You know, everything could always be better. We've got great schools, all that sort of stuff. But there is an under, under sort of current of just control and just corruptness that's happening with our government... That is extremely yeah. concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but rest assured, listeners, Brass Monkey is on the case. We've got our finger on the pulse and it will stay there till we get some answers. It will. It will. So without further ado, I think we're going to throw over to some LeBron talk and some... Let's do a sports segment. Sports I'll insert a sport sound. Ready? Sport, 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 sport. Sports. Oh, Okay, what have we got, mate, in the sporting world? Well, sports slash Hong Kong um, slash China, which is a great way to wrap this up because it's a whole... It's a whole... um, It's a nice bow to tie on the end of this whole podcast. We're going to throw to a clip of LeBron James discussing Houston Rockets' uh, president of basketball operations' comments on China and LeBron James' views of his comments. When you're misinformed or you're not educated about something, um, and, and I'm just talking about, um, you know, the tweet itself, you know, you never know what the ramifications that can happen. The NBA China saga continues. That was LeBron James, and he's commenting specifically in regard to Houston Rockets uh, general manager Daryl Morey, who had tweeted, uh, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. That tweet got him into a lot of trouble, I guess, because uh, the NBA does some business with China and siding with Hong Kong will lead to uh, the leader of China not necessarily being so happy with you. Okay, so that was LeBron James stating that he basically thought Daryl Morey's comments were misinformed or not really educated. Daryl Morey, who was basically um, posted a tweet about uh, the protests and saying stand with the people of Hong Kong uh, caused huge backlash from the Chinese people and government against the NBA, cancelling NBA games in the China preseason trip and basically resulting in a Chinese boycott. Now, LeBron James, the man who has stand for human rights and equal rights in the past, has decided to side with that of the, the Chinese government and um, their opinion that Daryl Morey doesn't have the right to speak his voice over the Hong Kong slash 
um, China issue at the moment. Mate, did you catch much of this? Uh, a bit, a bit. I sort of, uh, from what I heard, LeBron's just basically a money whore. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. Well, essentially, if you look at what the Hong Kong protests and everything started with, which was basically um, a Beijing-backed Hong Kong government proposal of an extradition law that would have allowed yeah. the deportation of people from Hong Kong which is pretty fucking horrible. So it basically means that if you've done something wrong in Hong Kong and you're a Hong Kong resident, you can get deported to China. Um, yeah. Which is extremely concerning for the people of Hong Kong. And 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 they're, they're letting their voices be heard um, by hitting the streets. By hitting the streets, which there is no way, unfortunately, in China, um, the people of mainland China would be allowed to do. Yeah. So... LeBron really set himself back a bit here. I mean, he's been in damage control ever since and been posting puff pieces and things like that and backpedaling slightly. But he's going to keep his Nikes on his feet and he's going to keep getting that um, that check from companies like Nike and companies who profit off creating products in these um, countries that possibly don't pay their people the appropriate amount of money, maybe not the appropriate working conditions, etc., etc. Um, and it's interesting when someone like LeBron James um, gets broached with an issue that is outside of his, something that impacts him directly, unless it impacts his bottom line, which is his, his money. Uh, it's interesting to how he comments because, you know, everyone can just sort of sit there and, discuss how they feel about things that impact them. But when you're talking about other people around the world and trying to put yourself in other people's shoes, that's what really, when things come to really light and are important. And yeah, he's obviously dropped the ball on this in my opinion. Yeah, no, massively. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because he has been outspoken uh, in the past about other issues, for instance, the, you know, cap um, or the support around cap and, um, there's been a few other, I think, racially motivated things that he's come out in support of. You know, really important things that's been great. But you're right, as soon as there's a target on that bottom line, he just tucks tail, doesn't he? He did. And I'd say most of our major sports stars would do the same. Pretty much every other NBA player wouldn't stand up and, um, and say anything against him. Um, one NBA player I think did Ennis Cantor uh, he sort of said you know shaking his head or whatever else like that but really people were really scared do to do anything yeah um, you know do anything because the Chinese dollar behind the NBA is so huge but it's yeah it's concerning I mean Kyrie Irving mentioned that we've got so many issues with in our backyard that he's not even going to talk about the Hong Kong situation right. or comment on it. But I, but I think there comes a time that you need to, if you see a social injustice and you see something wrong, he also said that he, anyone where the people are treated badly or whatever else he disagrees with, but he's getting the shoes from Nike and he's getting all this money from China still. So it's a bit hypocritical, but uh, I just feel, yeah, no one really stood up in the NBA about this other than Daryl Morey. He got left on an island. Not, he got not to mention for LeBron to say he's uneducated trip. and la la la. Is it was actually the most educated comment. 
<laughs> what's the most educated comment? But, I mean, there's a whole history, obviously, with Hong Kong and how the Chinese people feel about Hong Kong and how yeah. the British took it and all of that. And, yes, we understand here at the Brass Monkey that it is a very complex complex mm-hmm. issue. But the current people of Hong Kong, like what we were saying in Australia, have the right to protest and have the right to voice their opinion on the streets without getting physical retaliation or whatever else they have the right to go and protest so yeah well we'll, Hmm. again we'll keep an eye on that um in more lebron james news segue of the year here sorry good one mate um more lebron news he's he being a one of the shareholders of liverpool fc the english premier league football team um he may be somewhat comforted in this whole malaise that he started for himself in that his investment in LFC Football Club, they are now top of the table. So I just wanted to shout out to the team, uh, the boys at Liverpool FC. I know they're, they're big Brass Monkey Pod fans. So um, g'day Jay Henderson and the crew. Just just saying, keep up the good work and um, hopefully we get the title this year. Well, well- well, if that's the case, I mean, I expect Liverpool FC to make a statement relating to LeBron's comments. Nah, well, <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll wait for this. Given he's his more of a silent, yeah, um, really owner, yeah, silent <laughs> in uh, silent shareholder, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and and mate, we can't wrap up the pod without hearing about you fresh back from yes, Greece. Yes, how I have done it. We've done it. Me and the missus went away for our. Honeymoon, finally, one year after the big day. Um, couldn't have been better. So much sun, so much bloody, so many cocktails, so many. Just, man, it was just so relaxing. We just totally switched off. Um, yeah. Tell us where you went and what was the sort of best part we of where you went. to Athens and then a couple of islands called Paros, Naxos and then Santorini. There was a bunch of highlights on Paros. We befriended this... It just seems to happen like this sometimes, but we befriended the, the local one-armed alcoholic whose name is Bob, <laughs> Bob Mason. He's actually a world-renowned sculpture um, artist. He... He did the sculpture of Winston Churchill outside Westminster Abbey in England. That's one of his claims. Wow. He's got a bunch. But um, so that was a bit of a highlight. Just Incredible. Sort of, you know, just talking to this guy, me and Cleo just, yeah, got along with him like a house on fire. He had stories for days. Obviously, we we're having a drink over there and he was very good at that. So, you know, that was one of the, one of the highlights. I might send him the link to this podcast, actually. So, hello, Bob. Um, other than that, yeah, just Brilliant. that was great. Naxos was great. Lots of cats everywhere. I tell you, best beer in the world, bar none. Oh, okay. none. I say this very seriously. Do well, tell. Do tell. There was there was a bunch of them over there. I literally did not have a bad Greek beer. I think their worst beer is probably better than our best beer here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm. I'm shocked. So, so you know, I'm I'm quite a simple yes. man when it comes to beer. Um, 
what are, what are we talking? What what is it comparable nothing, to? Flavor wise, the um the best beer I had oh, over geez. there is called Nissos, which is apparently quite a new brew, but they're winning a few awards in that. And another one was Mamos. They were my two just go tos, and I say it's just the flavor. There's a flavor there that I we just can't get here, and so that. I, Nissos, N-I-S-S-O-S. I would believe so. If you type that Nissos beer and then, because I actually did as soon as I got back, I got straight on the line to see if I could get it here. And you can order it through Dan Murphy's. Mm. So if the listeners are interested or yourself, yeah. you can get on and order that. It's mm. a great recommendation, Soz. The listeners love a little bit of uh, yeah. beer recommendation. And how did you um, get there? Like what stopovers from to Melbourne Qatar. did you do? I imagine yeah. Qatar. And just Qatar yep. then straight yep. into Athens? Bang, 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 bang. That okay. was interesting flying into Qatar, seeing all those the man-made islands that are, look like stuff and shit. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, same like sort of thing. Well. Um, that was pretty cool. But all in all, mm. oh, man, it made me realise because the missus and I hadn't been on a holiday for five years. It just, you have to go on holiday. What it does for you after is is yeah, priceless. Yeah. You work better, you, your head's clearer. It's just, you have to go on holidays. Well, why I ask you to stop uh, over is I'm, I'm I've been sort of fantasizing about a multi-stop yeah. trip with a family, and I've got about eleven wow. stops on it, sort of all the way through, like around the world, sort of thing. And I agree with you, like doing a trip with a family, there's nothing better with your partner, or whatever, where you're living in each other's yeah. pocket. I love it. You just sort of get really, because when you're at home, you you got all those distractions, and you just don't. I don't know. You're interacting differently. I love living in a suitcase with family. Yeah, you are. So, yeah, that's great, mate. Well, congratulations on the honeymoon. Thank you. That's brilliant. And on that note, we might just bloody wrap it up. We will wrap it up and back to usual scheduling yeah, next been, week. You know, someone had to do it. Someone had to go to Greece for a while and it was me. So regular scheduling, same back yeah. next week. That's right. And thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one.